welcome back to the Thinking Fourth Dimensionally podcast. My name is Josh. My name is Devin. And today we are talking about Independence Day! Yes, uh, so for anyone who, you know, all of our fans out there, if you <laughs> you probably noticed that last week we, we missed uh, um, our post. Uh, we are going to finish the Back to the Future trilogy, um, but with the... Uh, with the the upcoming holiday, the fourth of July, which is one which of will one be of our yesterday when this is posted. Yeah, <laughs> um, with it being one of our favorite holidays, and uh, we just felt it was it'd be cool to talk about also one of our favorite movies, certainly one of my favorite movies, uh, Independence Day, from nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six, directed by Roland Emmerich. Produced by Dean Devlin, a team you may know from uh, such popular movies as Independence Day. Obviously. (laughs) uh, They also did Godzilla in 98, which is another movie that's not (gasps) well-loved. And then also... Is that the one with Matthew Broderick? Yes. And then I also found out, I realized um, we watched uh, Stargate. The movie no. it had a, had a young um, uh, what's his name? I don't I... from uh, the office and oh um, James Spader Bre- James Spader yes a young James Spader so mm-hmm. Stargate again same team and I remember when we watched that movie I'd that, never seen it before the same team? it's the same people who made Independence Day Whoa. and I remember when when we watched it this the sound of the spacecraft. Or the aircraft, whatever it is in that movie, is the exact same sound they use for the alien spacecraft and uh, the fighters in Independence Day. And I was like, that sounds really like the same sound. And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh well, no wonder it's the okay. same people. I didn't know that. So <clears throat> hmm, interesting. And the movie's starring uh, pretty good star power here. We got Will Smith. I mean, this was kind of one of his breakout roles, mm-hmm. as well as Jeff Goldblum, who's always fun to have around. And uh, we'll get in deep into the cast probably a little bit later, but yeah, um, a lot of people don't like this movie. They think it's uh, really stupid, but I mean, it's rated sixty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not that bad. I, like I've seen, I've seen worse. worse rated movies on, especially Rotten Tomatoes, um, but it's a seventy-five percent audience score, so that's not bad. Well, that's why I can like. I can certainly acknowledge some of its flaws, especially when it comes to some of the how ludicrous some of the, the things are. Um, the characters are very one note. You know, there's not a lot of character development throughout the movie. Yeah. Everyone is exactly the same as when they started, other than a couple of like, like the relationship. Some relationship growth, but as far as like character arcs, it's basically non-existent. Um, so it, this movie gets a lot of hate for stuff like that. But I, for me personally. And similar to uh, Back to the Future, this well, Back to the Future is objectively a great movie. This one, however, I think I have a little bit of a personal bias because it's very nostalgic for me. And the reason for that is because I watched it growing up as a kid. Uh, so '96, I was about seven years old. So I was like at that impressionable age I where a big. <laughs> A big action movie like this was um, was uh, was a big deal for me, and I was I was simple minded at the time. Flashing lights and explosions, like I was I was all about it. But I also had uh, again similar to Back to the Future, where I had a big interest in um, time travel. I also, as a kid, had a very big interest, arguably bigger interest, in aliens and UFOs. Oh, really? Oh yeah, I was like that was like. I didn't like reading as a kid, but if I had to pick a book in the library at school, it was I thought like, you were going to say the flying It was going to be UF. Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, um, really? I didn't know that you were like... I was scared of aliens as a kid. Like, I was totally convinced that they were coming. Because, to, of, because to, of the movies? No, just because of my imagination, I suppose. Yeah. I just... Aliens, they're scary. I didn't want to be abducted by aliens. <laughs> Well, yeah, it depends on a lot of the a lot of TV shows and movies. They kind of they all they always make aliens out to be malicious and intent. But um, 
Well, eventually we'll, we'll watch more Star Trek and you, you'll you get to see that not all aliens are bad. Okay. If you say so. I don't know. I just was wondering if it was your favorite Will Smith movie, but it, I, it I might. don't have a list of Will Smith movies right here with me. So. Yeah, it might be. I mean, like I said, this, a lot of my bias with this movie is because it was a childhood favorite. Mm-hmm. I watched it over and over again when I was a kid. I every, Pretty much every time I went to my grandmother's house, she had it on VHS. And I swear I wore that cut. Co- I think we still have it, don't we? Say, we still have it. I've watched so it. So I haven't completely worn it oh. out, but... Um, I think it did start... One night when I was watching it, it did start kind of like, um, you know, what old videotapes do, where it starts kind of like cutting yeah. out and everything, and I stopped it, because I'm like, if I ruin this movie, Josh is going to kill me. <laughs> well, fortunately, we have two Blu-ray copies, so. That's true, but still. Um, I don't remember if this was on the list of things that you showed me when we first got together. I'd, I be, su- I'd be surprised if I you had never seen I've it, because they played it, it on TV a yeah, lot. Yeah, I think I've seen before you like before let's see because in my facebook memories today it actually has july 3rd 2014 which was pretty soon after you know we started dating that we were watching it but nowhere before that so i think i probably had seen it but i didn't really care much about it before you yeah then you met me and i told you how how great the movie is and i love it so much and you're like what Okay. Yeah, I was like, all right, sure. We can Might want to rethink it. this uh, this union <laughs> here. So, um, the movie's on in the background, and right now is one of my favorite parts where Will Smith is dragging the alien he knocked out through the desert, and he gets all pissed off because it because <laughs> he should be at a barbecue right now, and the alien's heavy and he smells and. Well, haven't you ever had a moment like that? Oh. Where, like, you are so yeah. stressed out, and it's just, everything's <laughs> wrong, and you're like, I could be doing something so much more fun right now, and then you just, like, kick the object that you're dragging oh, yeah. I've, you. I've, think of some of the jobs I've had in the past where I'm doing something that I'd much rather be somewhere else. So, oh, yeah. yes, of course I can relate, relate to this military hero. Not that I'm the <laughs> hero say, of any kind, but. full of yourself. <laughs> uh. So, so I'd like to I'd like to talk a little bit about um, so again Star Wars, which was a huge influence on mm-hmm. science fiction, and right from the beginning of this movie, you see the influence with uh, the alien mothership coming in overhead, mm-hmm. which is the exact same intro as like the first Star Wars movie, well. where you have the Star Destroyer okay. coming in overhead, and it, it accomplishes the same thing, right? It uh, emphasizes the size of the spacecraft and the power of the beings in control of it so in star wars it's you know the looming power and authority of the empire chasing the little rebellion ship mm-hmm. whereas here you have the giant alien spaceship that casts an, a shadow over the moon so it's you know letting you know that hey this is like an entire race of aliens it's not just like a little well, group anybody. a little group of them visiting earth it's no they're here for a reason which is to destroy the beings on it and take over its resources so uh and that being said we'll segue into one of my favorite things about the movie which you mentioned earlier is the flying stuff Mm. because i have a huge passion in aviation particularly military aviation and uh i remember as a kid i noticed so a lot of the movies i liked were were about like aerial battles, dog fights, that kind of thing. So you had like you had the original Star Wars where you have the, you know, X-wings versus tie fighters. You have this movie where it's, you know, the F-18s versus the alien fighters, Top Gun, which is fighters against fighters, but it's all the same thing, you know, it's aerial dog fighting. Now what's funny about this movie is I watched a commentary a while back and they actually said that their intent for the dogfights, the aerial battles in this movie, was to combine Top Gun with Star Wars. Oh. That was what they were going for. And I was like, well, no wonder I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Two perfect things for you. Yeah. Which, um, that being said, I guess we can mention the special effects, which, look, yeah. for for its its age, there was about, that was the year Jurassic Park came out, right? Which was kind of... Was it? I think, it was, I think that was 96, too. And... 
uh, Jurassic Park kind of set the stage for using uh, computer graphics. And I always thought this, that this movie was a good example of that too, where it, it blends the, the practical and the digital together really, really well. As I've gone back and listened to some of the commentary. Three years off. Jurassic Park came out in 1993. Oh, okay. Well, I just showed a hole in my knowledge there. That's, <laughs> that's uh, good. You're a little off. It's so, okay. Well, even more so than I guess. I, I would expect that because that was such a big deal in Jurassic Park, that was when like everybody wanted to get their hands on computer technology and start integrating CGI in their movies. So I always thought that this movie was that blend. However, when I've gone back and listened to a lot of the some of the commentaries, especially especially the the special effects one, is how much practical that is in this thing. Mm-hmm. With the models, uh, the way they use they use real explosions and the destruction scene. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that about when the cities are destroyed. Do you know how they did that? Yeah, it was models with real explosions. So they just and blew up a little mini city area. Well, not I mean it was an integration of, you know stuff it wasn't they didn't have like a model city that they just like blew up but the buildings there's a lot of like really famous shots of buildings exploding Mm -hmm. and those were practical they actually they mentioned i think it was the empire state building was a 15 foot tall model and they they blew it up my goodness and again i feel like that's why it looks so good though is because it was real they captured a real thing on camera and they just added all the special stuff around it to um emphasize what was going on uh one interesting effect that they did was um with the when the destroyer alien spacecraft is coming into the atmosphere and you have like this big cloud Mm -hmm. so that was done like in a water tank that they they put copper tubing into the water and then put i think it was like white paint and there's little holes in the copper tubing and the paint would come up out of the holes it would make this cloudy cloudy uh image similar to like when you put milk and coffee that same kind of effect and then they had like this really fancy lighting rig to make to give it that that bright fiery look that it has Mm -hmm. so again even that which you would nowadays that would be all done in a computer even that was practical so pretty impressive what they were able to accomplish Um, i i since you brought up it coming into the atmosphere i kind of was wondering would something that large coming into the atmosphere actually shake the ground? I mean, that's scientific, so I don't know if you'll know. But they show, like, in, like, the camper of, um, Russ's kids. Um. It, like, shakes things. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, it doesn't make sense that it would, like, vibrate the air and the atmosphere. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. And like Will Smith when he's laying in bed, he like there's an earthquake. Yeah, that might be a, that might be a move that might be movie logic just to add an effect to um you know, just to kind of show more the gravity of oh, this is something huge that's happening. I mean, I know Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've never had a 15-mile size yeah. thing yeah, come I through never, the atmosphere. And I never I hope we never do. If we ever meet a dinosaur, maybe they can tell us what it's like, but <laughs> Poor dinosaurs. Uh, but yeah, I was just curious, because when I saw that, like, with Will Smith and the kids, I was like, would that actually happen? And then another thing I was wondering if that would actually happen, when Air Force One is taking off, and the fire from... That you would feel, because there's an well, explosion the going lights, on around But you. the lights dim. Would that happen in an airplane? Would the lights actually dim? Be- in Air Force One, probably. I mean, the government doesn't get the best stuff, yeah, usually. Yeah, you know, they just spend $50,000 on a hammer. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. I would... I would. Again, if, it's if the lights, If the lights are logic, dimming, just... if the lights are dimming because of a little shaking, then I would probably fire my mechanic. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, that, that conne- shouldn't be Those connections are probably a little loose. Again, it's, it's movie logic. You know, they do a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. for dramatic effects, so that's oh, right. Yeah, I know. So... I was just curious, that's all. I mean, it's, it squeezes in a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens throughout this movie. It's telling almost like a three-part story. It's literally split into three parts, which I think is kind of cool. It goes from July 2nd is, is Act 1, July 3rd is Act 2, and then July 4th is Act 3. So it's a very very structured in, in, its, uh, in its story. Um, but right at the beginning, it just it just starts right in with, 
hey, there's this weird thing in this in the in space right now. What the he- what the hell is it? We're, we need to figure it out. Is it a threat? And it's just like the story just picks right up, mm-hmm. which a lot of people would probably say that's a flaw because it doesn't take the time to lay the foundation, introduce you to the characters. I mean, it kind of does. Uh, you learn but, you learn about um, Jeff Goldblum with his dad. And you, as as the movie moves on, you learn each character as it, as they're going through these things. Sure, but you don't spend a lot of time with them, like, well, because there is a lot of characters in this movie. Again, similar to a lot of modern blockbusters, where you you don't get to know too much about the characters because you're just jumping around from okay, it's the president to okay, this is David, and then this is Will Smith's character, and then this is that character. Oh, I feel like in a movie, but that's like why this, they're you all don't one really note. Have to. You don't really have to know them. Yeah. Like, it, it's a fun, crazy, silly movie. Like, you don't have to be emotionally invested in Right, the well, that's, that's why I'm saying. It's like, it's not serious. It's not supposed to be taken so serious. Like, oh, this is this is what would happen in real life if aliens attacked us. You know, it's, it's serious enough to, you know, make, have some severity to the plot. But it doesn't take itself so seriously that you can't, it still makes jokes. It still has fun. Yeah. But I still feel like we, we learn enough. Like, we learn that um, Will Smith's character, hit, you know, he's in love with a woman. He's going to ask her to marry him. He wants to be um, in NASA. He wants to be an astronaut. Yeah, like, we learn, we learn enough. We learn about the president and kind of how he's perceived by the media. And, you know, he loves his wife. He's got a cute little daughter. Uh, David, he's divorced, but divorced. I feel like I said that weird. He's divorced, but, you know, he hasn't given up. He still loves his ex-wife. He still wants to be with her. He wants to save the planet. You know, we learn quite a bit about yeah, these characters. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe, like I said, just because I've watched it so many times, a lot of that stuff I yeah, just no, it's over. Like, and we see it as the movie moves on, and I like that. I like that they're not sacrificing the action and everything just for us to take a minute yeah. and learn about but there again like some people look at that as being like really cheesy like with uh david's whole thing about saving the world and then it's like well, it's he's silly, so but... about it that he's like anal about recycling and stuff and so people look at that as like it's just very lazy lazy script writing because um there's no nuance to it it's very one one note like i said in the beginning but again i think it's fine for this type of movie it's what it's trying it's not trying to be something more intelligent than what it is. Now for the sequel, we'll just go ahead and get that out of the way. The sequel sucks. Don't don't waste your money on that movie because it's a and if you already have, I'm sorry. As bad as as bad as people think this movie is, that one is yeah, a I train was, wreck. I was actually sitting there thinking about the sequel because I didn't remember if we had seen it, and then it all like started coming back to me, and I was like, oh no, oh no 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 no. Yeah, and I, I tried I tried giving it a second chance because it's like, well, you know, it's modern special effects and it's a franchise that, I mean, not much of a franchise, it's one <laughs> movie, but, you know, I really enjoyed it and I was like, maybe I should give it a second chance. You know, maybe it was just a first impression and it's like, it was painful to get through the second time. I, I, did, I didn't enjoy it the first I time. Think... The second time I was, I was like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I watched it a second time with you. No, I, I did it on my own. Yeah, you put yourself through that. Yep. Did you know this movie was supposed... It, they wanted it to be called Doomsday. Well, the writers wanted it to be called Independence Day. But they were afraid of some copyright issues with something else. I can't remember what it was. But they were pushing for it to be called Independence Day. And um, some of the studio heads were saying no. But the president's speech where he says, you know, today is our mm. Independence Day, really sealed the deal and made it so that they were like, okay, yeah, you can call it that. Yeah, so, well, I don't blame them because, so again, to push back on anybody who maybe doesn't like this movie, you have to admit that friggin' speech is phenomenal. It's epic! It's so... I love it. It's so good, it's so true to any... Uh, I don't know, if you, if you have any patriotic blood in your system, you... You should hear that and just be like, F yeah, like we're, we're going to come together. We're going to fight off this, these tyrannical beings that want to destroy us. And it's like that's – this movie kind of portrays the president that you would want to have in real life. Like this is the kind of guy you would want to lead your country, right? 
mm-hmm. he, he's he's smart he's he's a military leader and he makes decisions based off of what what's good for the people not mm-hmm. you know i feel like it, if we want to talk about what would happen in real life the president would be thinking about how this alien invasion would hurt his camp his campaign yeah we're, we're okay good. <laughs> so as i was saying uh just that this this president acts like the way you would want a president to act in real life, right? He's he's a really good leader, um, makes decisions for the people, and that sort of thing. So, I mean, this movie should have you should be able to admit that it has at least that going for it. Who is so? Who was played by Bill Pullman, by the way? Yes. Who's who's been in actually? Fun fact: most people probably know this already, but he was. Um, in Spaceballs, one of the main characters in Spaceballs, and that which is a, obviously an extreme, co- extremely comedic role. Mm-hmm. He he was he was a goofball in that movie, and then in this one he's act, he is actually playing a serious role. There's not a lot of I don't think there's hardly any comedy to his role in this movie. So it's a <laughs> I can't imagine like people. I didn't see Spaceballs till later when I got older, but I can't imagine people who are like a big fan of that movie knew Bill Pullman from that movie, then watched this, and it's like, wait, who who the heck is this guy? <laughs> like a completely different actor, right? But I like like we said earlier, I just think he he completely nails it, and and every time, no matter how many times I watch this movie, every time I hear that speech, it just I'm mm-hmm. just like, hell yeah, <laughs> let's go fight some aliens. So do you think Randy Quaid was actually acting in this movie? God, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, Randy Quaid. He is quite the character in, in everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I've seen him in a few things, and I'm pretty convinced that he's just Randy Quaid. And they just record Randy Quaid doing his thing. It seems that way sometimes. Yeah. Just, he just, like, starts doing something silly, and they're like... Get, get the yeah. camera quick <laughs> like i mean is he still a firefighter i don't know <laughs> it's like he was big news for like a month and then now was he big news heard... everywhere or was it just in vermont that's true i might have... well i think it was probably big so ce- he was a celebrity who was like losing his mind so i think I that part was probably big news yeah. but i think in vermont it was probably bigger news we're like oh, there's actually someone here yeah something going on in our middle of nowhere oh i will say for randy's character russell case he is one of the ones that does kind of have a character arc because of the fact that at the beginning of the movie you know he's just this crazy drunk that nobody takes seriously because all he does is well he cropped us the wrong fields and he talks about his alien kidnapping everyone thinks he's nuts um and then by the end of the movie you know he sobers up and you know he is willing to sacrifice himself to save you know his friends and family and the entire world so so there's a little bit of a redemption arc when it comes to his character that being said do you think the kids his kids are actually his kids or are they adopted i think they're his kids even though they're like a completely different race their mother could be you don't know we don't meet her yeah it's true we, don't, we have no idea. I think they are his kids. They seem pretty attached to him. Which, I mean, I guess if they were adopted, they probably would be too. But, no, I think they're his kids. So how about those cigars? How about them? This movie made me want to smoke cigars. Like, as a child? or just... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, as a child, I was just so desperate for cigars, I sought them out. Well, you know, I'm just curious. Well, again, I told you about how, like, I was young when I watched it. I was impressionable. And they just, the whole cigar smoking thing, they just portray it as being, like, so cool and suave. Right. You know, it's Will smoking fucking Smith the is the one. Sings. Yeah. And, it, well, and also, I like the way that they portray the smoking the cigar as being, like, a celebratory thing. It's not, oh, I'm, I, I, I'm addicted to this and I have to have it. It's like, no, it's like, I just, we just finished this battle. The fat lady has swung, quote, swung? unquote. Sung. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not swinging too much. <laughs> um, Aw, poor lady. You know, it, it's a, it, it's a, it's a something you do to celebrate an accomplishment. And I was like, that's cool. And and then obviously, you know, like again, you have Will Smith, who's just a badass in this movie. Which he bulked up for this movie, man. 
Because before we saw this, it was like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? He was just... Really? You know, a skinny kid in Philadelphia, born and raised. <laughs> you know how that always triggers the song in your head? Yeah, whenever you hear the lyrics? Now. Exactly. So, but in this movie, man, he's jacked. He's got like, he's got the bicep veins and... Yeah, he, he took, I think he took the, the whole military role seriously. The final episode was May 20th, 1996, and this came out. Also, he was still doing Fresh Prince. Wow. Oh, no, this came out in 96, you're right. Yeah. I was thinking of Jurassic Park in 93. Yeah. So, yeah, well, like I said, it was like Fresh Prince was kind of what established him as an actor in, in the mainstream, and then this was like his breakout movie, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Again, I didn't do enough research to didn't know for sure, but... In my memory, from what I remember, this was, like, the first mo- big movie that he was like, oh, man, this guy's, like, for real. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and I still haven't, I've never, even though I've always wanted a cigar, I've never had one, so. Yet. You will eventually, baby. Yeah, once I have something to celebrate. Yeah. I guess our wedding wasn't enough. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Um, did you know that Matthew Perry was going to be in this? Was he just going to stand around and make jokes? Like <laughs> No, he was supposed to play um, his friend, uh, Will Smith's friend, Jimmy. Oh, he was supposed to play that Jimmy. one. Which, that's a, it's a comedic role. Yeah. Jimmy was kind of a goober. Yeah, so. he was supposed to play Jimmy, but he pulled out of the film. Um, and then they got Harry Connick Jr., was he doing had, too many drugs? I don't know why he pulled out. I didn't, I didn't dig or too deep into it. the Friends producers were okay with it, so... I, I don't know. I, that's, that's really mean. That's um, true. <laughs> it's true. He talked about it. He, does, he, yeah. he doesn't remember half of the production yeah. of Friends because he was um, high the whole time. But, so I also read that his dad has a part in this movie. Who's? Matthew Perry's dad. I didn't know he was an actor. But... It's not Robert Locia, is it? Who the heck is that? He's the general. Oh, no. Robert Locia. <laughs> you just you just hear his name and you hear his voice. <laughs> yeah, his dad is John Perry. He was Well, who was he in the movie? I'm I'm trying to figure that out. I didn't write it down. I don't think he played a big part. Such an amateur. I know, I'm Show so sorry. Show this unprepared. So this scene... Oh, he played a Secret Service agent. Yeah, there's a lot of those. In yeah. <laughs> I mean... So it's just like, he was an extra, basically. So this this scene, that's, again, we're, we're kind of having it play in the background. And this is the part where Dave is introducing the... The virus. Computer virus. Yeah. That he uses to shut down the alien's Gives shields. Gives it a cold. Gives it a cold. Which, what's another alien sci-fi movie where War that happened? War of the Worlds. Good job. You did some homework. <laughs> I have it written down. See? I have it written down. I did do some homework. So that's that's a movie that's kind of now now one of my favorites. I never watched the, the original. There's been a lot of different incarnations, but the, what, what was it, the 50s or 60s? Like, it's really old. It's, it's pre-Star Wars, but that's another example of, like, the special effects in that movie are really, really good for its time. Um, but yeah, the, the book by H.G. Wells is, is very famous and uh, 1953. Oh, so it's a 50s movie. Yeah, it's a, a incredible feat of film right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the big thing in the story is like humans don't actually beat the aliens in that movie. It's, it's the common cold basically is mm-hmm. what kills the aliens. And I think they did that intentionally with this movie where uh, like we're going to do that but we're going to modernize it because computers were coming in late 90s early and 2000s virus. and it's like yeah it's, it's the same idea it's a virus but it's done technologically versus biologically mm-hmm. so I thought it, which you gotta give them some credit for that that's some oh, smart yeah, thinking because you know that they use War of the Worlds like, that was one of their inspirations when making this movie so did you Speaking of other movie references, did you, in all these times of you watching it, catch the 2001 Space Odyssey reference when he gets in 
logs into his yes, computer. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it's the Dave. red, the red eye. Well, it also says "Good morning, Dave," which is what Hal says. Which is what Hal says. Yeah. 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 I've I've noticed that before. I figured, but I just wanted to throw that out there. How about the reference of the Godzilla toys? What reference of the Godzilla toys? <laughs> um, the the stripper's little boy. Dylan. Dylan. He he's got Godzilla toy. He has a Godzilla toy and a King Ghidorah toy. He does. Yeah. When they're they're talking, she's talking to the first lady, mm-hmm. and he's over there and he's playing with Godzilla toys, mm. which maybe is. Uh, foretelling of the movie in 98 that they were oh. maybe already in talks of making or something so yeah yeah good catch yeah i didn't even know did you catch that recently or no i, I noticed that a long time well once pretty much once i learned that it was the same people and then i watched this movie and i was like oh, i wonder if they did that intentionally it's kind of like a mm-hmm. hey just so you I don't know, like an in, inside joke, maybe. Maybe. Not joke, but an inside thing. Like, hey, we're in talks to make this other movie if this one's successful. Yeah. Which it was. I mean, at the box office, this movie was a hit. So mm-hmm. it's one of those movies, just like Transformers. Like, everyone shits on it and says that it's terrible. But like it's like, well, seen it. why did it make so much money then? Mm-hmm. Not to say that the box office is reflective of the quality of the movie. Because we've seen lots of examples yeah. where the movie's not good, but people went to see it anyways yeah but this is a movie i'll I'll come into defense for i guess (laughs) i should say so speaking of defense secretary of defense i hate that guy the little weasley guy i hate him (laughs) he's he's pretty good at that role though i mean a testament to his acting ability so he's been i've seen him in a few other movies yeah yeah i've seen him in like little things here and there um but just like (laughs) i love his reaction when david's dad um, starts yelling about the the crash down in uh, Roswell, Roswell, New Mexico. Oh yeah, and or, Area Fifty One. Area Fifty One. And how he and the and president's and like, like it doesn't no, exist. It doesn't exist. There's no alien. Like we, you know, we we know nothing about that. And then he's like, well, that's that's not entirely true. And like you just see on his face where he's like, oh. Yeah, that's one of those things that I think is that's a great scene for the movie, but in reality, it's like. Why the fuck wouldn't you have said something when yeah, they first showed it, up? Yeah, like, oh, hey, by the way, Mr. President, you know, Which, we've had visitors from outer space before. Maybe yeah. we should talk. Yeah, like maybe no, there's... No, let's just nuke them. Maybe there's something in Area 51. Maybe they have something that we can use to yeah. make a deci- an informed decision here. So but stupid. also, also to the writer's credit, though, they do address that in the movie. Because Robert Loge's character, the general, he starts going after... The weasel. The weasel. Saying, like, you should have told us at the moment they arrived about this place. And he said that uh, something about um, he didn't want to let the president know because of plausible deniability. Yeah. Which is like, okay, in in normal politics, that would make sense. But when they're literally coming down and threatening the entire world, don't you think the president should probably know? You're not going to be able to cover this one up. Yeah. So it's it's a little kind of a a logic incontinuity, but for the movie, it's fine. It just because that that makes for that great moment on Air Force One where <laughs> uh, David's father Lucius is just like going off about you know that he just sounds like a crazy conspiracy theorist and then and then the guy's like oh, actually he's right yeah isn't which uh, talking about so Can David just... David and his father the scene when they're in their car what? and they have that back and forth of. Um. Oh, what are they talking about? The White House. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're on their way to the White House, and they're having this back and forth, and that's all improv. It's all improv. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I obviously didn't know as a kid, but once I found out about that, I was it's, like, "It's Julius, by the way." What am I calling Lucius? Yeah, it's Julius. Yeah. Yeah, Julius. Sorry. Julius. Yes. That's more. Levinson. That's more of a Jewish name than Lucius, but. Um. Yeah, I love the improv there. And yeah, it's great banter, and I always thought that even as a kid. I was like, it's such a good back and forth. It's pretty funny. There's some good comedic stuff mm-hmm. in there. David's, uh, or Jeff Goldblum's reactions, <laughs> like you can kind of tell it feels authentic. Yeah, I And read, it's like, well, that's because it was. I read that a lot of Jeff Goldblum's stuff was improv. Um, like him and uh, Will Smith, when they're in getting ready to take off, a lot of that was improv for him. Oh, I could see I read that, that too. a lot of it was improv. 
in the entire time they're in the spaceship, but I don't know how true that is. But it's probably a kind of a mixture. I could, I could see I could see a lot of it. Like I don't know. I've never wrote a movie script before, but it could be like they say funny stuff. And it's like, well, you put Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith together, some some shenanigans are going like to take place. So, the <laughs> Ghostbusters, uh, 2016. All he wrote uh, in there was just say funny stuff. Yeah, that's probably it, that's probably what failed. what the script was. But you can't make an entire movie off no, of that. No, 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 no. As no, we no, no, saw, no, no. But, can't do that. Uh, but back to Area 51. I can't talk today. Uh, Area 51. The military was supposed to help with this film. You mentioned that mm-hmm. before. Well, I don't know if they were supposed to. Well, they they were willing to. They were asked to, and they oh. were willing to help. Yeah, but apparently the, but the Area 51 like... stuff, they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to get involved Which, with that. Which, to me, screams, <laughs> they don't want to talk about it because it's true. Or they didn't want to deal with the rumors and stuff that was going to uh-huh. take place after it. Sure. Because they know how... People like me. Impressionable <laughs> the, the population is. And they're, they're like, like I knew it. I well, knew if it's it. in the movie, that means it has to be yeah. real. I don't know. Area Area Fifty One is one of those strange enigmas where yeah. it's like everyone knows it exists, but no one knows what's going on there except oh, yeah. for so Area like, Bob Lazar, maybe. <laughs> All of like the stories about Roswell, New Mexico. It's like, why do all of these things happen in deserts? Because there's nobody there. But there are people in Roswell. Like people lived there, and yet everyone has like stories about things happening there. There's like. That's because they're all suffering from heat stroke. Dehydration. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Now, I've always thought, my my opinion of Area 51 is that it's a test site. It's yes, like they're testing, whether they're testing like strange, bizarre technology that's beyond, uh, you know, our current comprehension or if they're just trying, they're testing like strange designs and military technology or whatever. I think that's probably where a lot of... The, otherwise, why be so secret, right? Obviously, there's something mm-hmm. they don't want you well, to know I mean, about. I feel like, as a military, you're gonna have secret bases that you don't want people to know about because you don't want the enemy to find out what you're doing there. Whether it's... Sure. You know, you're testing these things. Like, I mean, like in a, the World War II stuff with when they were building their bombs. They had all kinds of, like, secret things going on. A lot of people weren't even, like... So this person would be working on this thing, and then this person would be working on this part of the same mechanism, but they can't talk to each other because it's all secret. So, like, military stuff is going to be secret, whatever they're doing. It's just, I feel like the alien thing has kind of really, um... Well, that's, well, if you (laughs) dive into conspiracy theory, it's like, maybe that's what the military wants you to think, is that it's aliens, because that diverts your attention away from what they're actually doing. Whoa. Conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, FBI, if, FBI, if you're listening, we think you're the greatest. So, what, what do you think about uh, Steve taking the helicopter? Well, I think it was for love, so it's a, it's. So you I'm can glad just magically fly a helicopter because okay, of love. Okay, yeah. So you want my my aeronautical <laughs> opinion? You can just hop in there. So no, and I, be like I'm so in love. Let me fly this helicopter. I did in our last. Uh, we watched the movie a few days ago and prepped for this uh, podcast, and I commented about how a lot of movies do this, where they have the simple thought process that well, if someone's a pilot, that means they can fly any type of aircraft any type of airframe and it's like no an airplane or fighter jet is very very different from a helicopter the, the physics involved are completely different me it's possible again because we don't spend a lot of time with these characters maybe he's had some helicopter yeah, training in know. his history yeah, maybe he's just flown like all aircraft known to man yeah i mean it's possible uh C.W. Lemoyne, you know, he's a fighter pilot, and yeah. he's he just got his helicopter yeah, license. Yeah, so just barely. There, and there's lots of people out there that have, you know, they're dual rated. But yeah. but they don't establish that in the movie. So you're just so the way the movie portrays it is like, oh, well, he's a pilot, so that means he can fly anything. And a lot of movies do that, especially the lower budget ones. So that was it's just a it's one of those things where because because I'm an aviation nerd, I'm like that's that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh how about that brent spiner though who about him he plays a crazy man oh so i wanted to mention about how 
So I'm a, I'm a Trekkie now. I'm a big Star Trek fan. I grew up a Star Wars fan. And that was during the time where you had to be one or the other. So I stuck solely to Star Wars because that was more... The fantasy adventure was more my speed. Mm-hmm. But as I got older, I started to get more into the science fiction stuff. And I just started watching Star Trek, the original series, just kind of... Um, out of nowhere i was just like I, I need a new series to watch i like science fiction i've never really watched star trek so i'm gonna watch it and i'm gonna and i was like i like to do things right i like to do it from beginning to end so i said i'm gonna go right to the 60s star trek the original series and i'm gonna watch it all the way through and i fell in love with it so now i i'm one of, i'm a dual lover i love star wars and star trek and that's okay you can love both well now that the internet's a thing like i find out there's a lot of people that yeah, love both things it's okay um, the Trek so, police aren't going to come after you. So what I think is interesting is when Brent Spiner was in this movie, everyone, a lot of people knew him as Data at that point. Whereas mm-hmm. my introduction to him was this movie. So then when I saw him as Data, I was like, hey, it's, it's the crazy guy from Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he certainly is a crazy guy here. Yeah. But, I mean, in his defense, he has a been cooped up for a while with other nerdy people. Well, as he says, as you can imagine, they don't, they don't let, let us out, out much. much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, so that's that's another thing I wanted to bring up is I mentioned this also during our our uh, watch through is the sci-fi reunion. You have a lot of people, actors in this movie that are either from or have gone off and done yeah. other science fiction well, yeah, like, like I pointed things. out, they're it's not really a reunion unless you watch the other stuff. Right, first. yeah, it's it's a reunion now. Yeah. Like going back and watching it. It's like, oh, holy crap, look at all these people that have gone off yeah, and done other science Mary fiction Mc- stuff. McDonald? Is that her name? Mary McDonald. Is that the first lady? Yeah, the first lady. Who, she's who in was the president in Battlestar Battle Galactica, Star. which, if nobody's seen it, I highly recommend it. It's not only some of the best science fiction I've ever seen, some of the best storytelling and television I've mm-hmm. ever seen. It's it's incredible. Not Not the. I mean, the original in the 70s is probably good, but I'm talking about the uh, the oh, wow. 2000s, early 2000s reboot. Katie Sackoff. Katie Sackoff, and yeah. All of them. It, the, the show. <laughs> well, she's probably one of the more notable I was going to say, she's like now. one of my favorites, so. But yeah, the, the first lady in this movie, ironically enough, becomes um, the, the president, president in, in that show, and it's it, it's great, so... Yeah, and if anyone hasn't seen it, I, I go see it because it's, it's great. And then we also have Adam Baldwin who plays James Firefly. in Firefly. Which Firefly, I wouldn't. I love that show, and I am really irritated that it was canceled. Mm-hmm. I think that show had an, an amazing amount of potential. Um, I wouldn't say it's on the caliber of like Battlestar though. Battlestar, like I said, it was just, it's just some of the finest television I've ever seen. Whereas Firefly was a really interesting, like fun. It, like it, a lot of people like to they talk about um, uh, what they call them space westerns. Yeah, it was space western. Like they call Star Wars a space western. Firefly's even more. Firefly is literally a western in space. Yeah, you literally you so, feel like you're in the old west, just on different but, planets, but with spaceships. Space. Yeah, it's it's. It had a, it had a unique thing going, and that's why I'm I'm kind of pissed that they canceled yeah, it because it. it could have been something special, but they they kind of didn't let it happen. Well, so that happens. It's like every show that I really get into and love, and ends up getting canceled. <laughs> I don't know if that speaks more to me or the studio. Yeah, you you just like shitty things. Yeah, I just I like a lot of crappy shows. <laughs> so I do have a uh, one question Uh-oh. left here. Do you think? Do you think that David's wife and the president were actually having an affair? No. Why? Because she's so focused on her career. Plus, that's a pretty good way to improve your career. That's so messed up. So but Monica Lewinsky proved right. that. So she points out that she never. It wasn't because she didn't love him that they had these issues. She loved him a hundred percent. It was just she was focused on her career and wanted him to do more because she knew that he could do more. And I, I really don't think that she was having an affair. I think she loved David. I think that she wanted to be with David. And I think that she was just spending a lot of time with him because they were on a campaign for the president. You know, that, a presidential campaign takes so much to prepare for. And when you're the 
secretary, not the secretary, press secretary, sorry, um, you know, you're doing a lot. You have to be right there front and center. You have to be with him and you have to coach him on speeches. You have to spend a lot of time. So I can see David's reasoning for getting a little upset. You, you understand the his president, jealousy. But I also think that, no, she was not cheating on him with the president. Because, again, the president loves his wife. Like, there doesn't seem to be any proof to me that she was actually cheating. It was just David got a little jealous. Okay. It's just something, <laughs> it's just something I wondered what maybe your, your thought would be. Uh, just because there's kind of, they don't. I, I I personally I think I agree with you I, I think it was just it was a purely professional relationship yeah. and David is just like a lot of guys where he's just she was spending a lot of time with him so spending a lot of time with him and upset blinded by stupid jealousy yeah uh, however there's there has been arguments that this president Whitmore was modeled after Clinton who was president during this time and we all know how that turned out. So it's like, uh, is, is there maybe something going on? Like, I don't know. No. I'm not going to talk about the Clintons. <laughs> um, so, did you notice that the main hub here is shaped kind of like a, a bee's nest? And by the main hub, you mean the scene where they're flying into yes, the mothership? Yes, sorry. Yes. For everyone that, you know, isn't watching with us, <laughs> all of you, it's, it's shaped like... A bee's nest, and yes. then also yeah, the, it's like a hive. the the ship itself looks like a beetle, like it looks very like beetle-esque, or even a bee, I guess technically, where like it's got like kind of what looks like legs, kind of hanging out on on the bottom. I can bring up a picture for you if you want more. Um, but I just the mothership. Yeah. Um. I just think it's interesting because they mention that they're they're like locusts. They, you know, mm. they're like bugs. Yeah. They, they just want to come and take it over. And so I think yeah, it's kind of cool. They destroy, that... use up the resources, and then they move on. Which is a very interesting premise for, for an alien invasion, I like, think. It's got, like, legs coming off here. Like, oh, okay. It looks like a beetle. I don't oh, know what I, a, yeah, I see I it now. I don't know what a locust I never, I never, like. many times I've seen this movie, I've never thought of it that way. But, yeah, I, I see what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, so I just thought it was kind of interesting that they throw that in there where it looks like a bee's nest, the ship itself looks like a bug. You know, it's interesting. I liked that. Yeah, well, well there again, like, detail. To, to circle back to, you know, the beginning of our conversation is that there's, there's a lot of stuff that people like to point out in this movie as being stupid, but it's like, well, there's also a lot of things in here that are like really good ideas. Mm -hmm. And it comes Very across creative. in the movie really well oh there was one thing i did i wanted to bring up too one last thing about um the some some of the goofiness in this movie that's not very realistic is how quickly david sobers up mm. so uh, so on july th the night of july 3rd you know they basically everyone the human race they're all they all feel defeated like they feel like there's nothing they can do they they launch an assault on the aliens and they got this protective shield and they basically wiped out the uh the fighters that were attacking them and so they're like what the hell can we do we just oh and they launched the the nuclear devices at them which david obviously is opposed to because he's all about recycling and saving the world yeah um i'm with him i think that was a stupid decision but i actually agree with that decision it's like you get a when they're literally wiping out the entire world, you gotta be like, well, we have to at least try it, ah. see if it works. Uh, what are you gonna do? Just roll over and let them no, take I over just your think planet? No, i it when it's like it's been shown that these things are not penetrating their wall. Like it, it's been proven, we've seen it, and I I don't know. I just don't think a, a side a sidewinder from a F eighteen is very different from so, a nuclear yes, bomb. Obviously, <laughs> but you're taking a chance at destroying. All of the fallout, like you have all of that fallout from that bomb, and it's going to if the aliens so either don't you so either them, you have nuclear fallout that maybe you can manage in some way, or you have alien fallout where they're just gonna no, I just, ravage your planet. So really which would, would you prefer? I think that they should have waited. I think until they I think they way. I think they tried all the ways that they knew of at that point, and they're like, well, because and that's that's part of the story, right? Is that their initial thought is like we have to beat them with brute force. Which is pretty realistic of how 
humans tend to think is, well, we can only defeat the enemy through brute force. Yeah. What's the strongest club we have? It's a nuclear bomb. Yes. Didn't work. So then it came to somebody like came down to somebody like David, who doesn't think that way. He has a little more intellect, and is like, maybe there's another way we we can get around their defenses, which is why he developed the virus. No, no, and I get the point for the movie. I just, you know, like I said, I agree with David. So anyway, <laughs> we're talking about, so uh, he, David thinks that the world is doomed. Either the aliens are going to destroy us or we're going to destroy ourselves because we're launching nukes. Um, so he gets drunk. He, he gets hammered. You know, he's, he's, and he's, he's not like, over. he's drinking hard liquor. He's, he's stumbling all over the place, which like, to his credit, I kind of agree with him. He says like, hey, they want to, uh, they want our natural resources. So he's like, fuck it. Let's, let's pollute the planet. And then they won't want it anymore. <laughs> probably not the best choice but you know the, the logic is sound um and then so then his dad julius there you comes go. up to him and you know tells him he doesn't want him to catch cold and he's like holy crap like that that's that's the answer and then like literally it's the next morning july 4th and he's completely sober he's got this great plan all figured out and it's like man that guy's like superhuman to be able to recover that quick right i don't it was like as soon as he got the idea for a cold it was like bam sober yeah so i guess that that's that's the real cure to a hangover is an alien invasion i suppose oh yeah i guess so that would make sense worked for russell and david true 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 yeah, yeah. that's about all i got yeah same i think the fireworks are starting, so it's probably a good time yeah. to wrap it up anyway. Happy uh, Independence Day, everybody. Yes, I hope you had a wonderful Independence Day. Yep. And I hope you had a cookout and enjoyed some fireworks. and Had some hot dogs and some yeah. burgers. Celebrate your freedom while you still have it. All right. Well. All right, we're going to uh, we're gonna make like a tree. And get out of here. <laughs> Thank you.